This episode of Check the Locks is brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible is your one-stop shop for audio entertainment where you can always find the best of what you love or discover something new. That's right. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre, from mysteries, thrillers, biographies, and of course, true crime. And as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month from their catalog to keep forever, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Audible members also get access to thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, exclusive new series, and this very podcast you're listening to now. Plus, the Audible app makes it easy to listen anytime, anywhere. While traveling, working out, walking the dog, doing chores, Audible makes listening anywhere easy. And best of all, Check the Locks listeners can try Audible for free for 30 days. So head over to audibletrial.com slash checkthelocks or click the link in the show notes to start enjoying Audible today. Warning, Check the Locks podcast is a true crime podcast and may contain graphic descriptions of violence, murder, sexual assault, and more. Check the Locks podcast is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome back to Check the Locks Presents True Crime for the short on time. As always, I'm John Connor. I'm Olivia Cornu. Same. Thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying, bite-sized true crime case. Before we get started, as always, Olivia, it's wonderful to see you. How are you? How has your week been? Hi, John. I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great. I love the chipper, the enthusiasm. It just that just made the whole episode. I know I'm trying here, but no, my week's been good. I am um, getting ready for hogs. It's coming up. It's actually tomorrow. We'll be really diving into it. So hogs is the 31st and the 1st of April. So super busy with that kind of wrapping everything up. But what's up with you? What's new? Not a whole lot. Just, you know, making it work, getting through. Super happy to be here and get to hang out with you and talk about a story. And I do want to make sure because if people haven't listened to an earlier episode or maybe they're jumping in, they're listening to this for the first time. They're not sure. Talk a little bit about what hogs is. So if someone is listening for the first time, they're not like, what are you doing with these pigs? Like, right, right. Let them know what's going on. Yeah. So Hogs for the Cause is like a national known fundraising like organization. And what we do is we put on a barbecue and music festival um, each year, at least in New Orleans, and we fundraise and compete against other chefs in the 10. I think last year there was like 90 teams um, and we actually got top three fan favorites. So that was pretty awesome. So a lot of hard work goes into it. And we're just trying to raise money and awareness for pediatric brain cancer. Hogs for the Cause is able to give grants to families whose children have brain cancer. And so this helps with like food and housing and just kind of offload some of that burden financially for these families. Um, so yeah, Hogs is in New Orleans, um, March 31st and April 1st this year. And I think we'll go ahead and just attach a link to my fundraising page if anybody would be interested in you know donating every dollar counts like even one dollar will go such a long way so yeah I definitely know it's a cause that has become pretty near and dear to me especially since meeting you and having a child heaven forbid I ever had to deal with anything that the people who use these services have to deal with but knowing that if I did there would be 
something like Hogs for the Cause there that gives funds to these families in these that helps them with their travel expenses and medical expenses and things like that. I mean, it's just, it's literally something that can be life-saving. So we'll definitely link it up. And even if it's a buck, you know, a dollar, just like Olivia said, goes a really long way when we're talking about helping kids. So And if anybody has someone they know or a loved one or a friend going through um, pediatric brain cancer, definitely reach out to us on the socials and we can help facilitate, you know, navigating how to get a grant for these families. We would love to, you know, help anybody that's in need. Yeah. And like I said, you know, something that I really hope that no family ever has to deal with, but heaven forbid that is something that you're going through having a resource like that. It can just be life-saving. It can give families what they need. It can help those kids. So again, even if it's a buck, like dig into your wallet, dig into your heart, dig into your compassion, donate a, a dollar. But this is a short on time episode. And I don't know about you, Olivia, but I'm short on time. It is 11.07 p.m. I'm short on time. You're short on time. The listener is short on time. This is your week. What do you got for us? This case, I'm doing something a little bit different. So it's a case that happened back in 2020, but it's about to start trial on April 11th. Um, so I kind of went through the beginning part and all the details, and I really want to follow this case as it goes to trial and really kind of keep up with it and update the listeners as it as big things happen and it comes to conclusion. That definitely sounds super interesting to me. And looking at your notes, I think I'm familiar with this, so I'm really excited to dive in. But I like the idea of giving updates as it happens. You know, I'm still waiting for the Idaho murder trial to start so we can dive into that a little bit. So mm-hmm. this is the kind of stuff that really interests me. So why don't we uh, jump into it and talk about it? And hopefully we'll have some really good updates coming down the line. On July 25th, 2018, police responded to a domestic dispute at the house of Sarah Boone and Jorge Torres Jr., Sarah claimed that she and Jorge had been out drinking earlier at a bar. She said she asked another male at the bar for a cigarette and said Jorge got mad and the couple both left and went to their house. She said the arguing continued and Jorge dragged her upstairs and kicked her in the face. Sarah could not describe how he dragged her and refused any medical treatment. Police then questioned Torres. He said they'd been out drinking and arguing all night. When the pair got home, Jorge said he was trying to go upstairs to avoid Sarah. That's when he says she reached towards his throat using both hands and applied pressure. Jorge told police that he was having a difficult time breathing, so he began trying to kick towards Sarah to get her to stop. He felt that if he would not have been able to kick her off of him, he would have been strangled. Sarah was arrested and charged for aggravated battery by strangulation. The couple would both refuse to press charges against one another, and the case was dropped. So it sounds like this couple has some anger issues. It definitely sounds like maybe the aggressiveness kind of goes both ways. And it's funny because it reminds me of a couple who lived in an apartment a few doors down from me when I lived in Michigan, where they would literally fist fight and you never knew who started it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it happened a lot when they were drinking. I remember one time I went over there during the day when they were sober and the whole bottom part of their bathroom door was gone because she was trying to fight him and he had closed himself in the uh, bathroom and she kick through the bottom part of the door to get at him. But during the day when they were drinking, they were like the most loving. They were just so nice to each other. And as soon as they got like one too many drinks in, it was like bare knuckle boxing. Cops were there all the time. It was nuts. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's just crazy hearing this because I'm like, man, I know people like this. This is weird. Mm -hmm. Now on June 15th, 2019, police respond to a battery call. Once there, Sarah claimed that Jorge Torres Jr. hit her. She said that Torres got angry that she spoke with another man. Sarah said he hit her in the head, face, legs, and arms. She told police that when she begged him to stop, he said, quote, you are going to die. 
again, Sarah refused medical treatment, but this time signed a domestic violence paper. He was arrested and tried in court. Sarah testified against him. Jorge Torres Jr. was ultimately released from jail under the condition that he would avoid drugs and alcohol, have no hostile contact with the victim, and maintain separate residence. Now, later in September 2019, Torres was arrested again for violating his release agreement. Sarah says she was sleeping when Torres kicked open her bedroom door and began hitting her in the head. This case was later closed in October 2019. On February 24, 2020, police are dispatched to the same apartment they have frequented many times before, this time for a deceased male. In the 911 call, Sarah tells the dispatcher, quote, my boyfriend is dead. She tells dispatch that her and her boyfriend were drinking and playing hide-and-go-seek. She says she put him in the suitcase and went to sleep. When she woke up, he was dead in the suitcase and she did not know what happened. In the 911 call, Boone told dispatchers that Torres had blood coming out of his mouth and that she did not know if he had suffered an aneurysm or something else. She claimed he was purple and stiff and that she tried CPR, but he was not breathing. Dispatch instructed her to continue providing CPR. And on the call, you can hear her scream, ah, he gurgled. When police arrived, Jorge Torres Jr. was pronounced dead on the scene. The following day, February 25, 2020, Sarah Boone went to the Orange County Sheriff's Office and gave a recorded statement. It was after that she was placed under arrest and charged with second-degree murder of her longtime boyfriend, Jorge Torres Jr. Deputies say they found 42-year-old Jorge Torres Jr.'s body by the front door near a blue suitcase. Sarah gave consent for police to search through her cell phone, and they were startled by two very disturbing videos. In the first video, you could see the blue suitcase upside down, moving, and Torres calling for Sarah repeatedly. Sarah can't be seen in the videos, but is heard slurring her words while taunting Torres. He continued to plead, saying he can't breathe. She replied, yeah, that's what you do when you choke me. Torres continued to call for Sarah, saying he couldn't breathe, to which Sarah replied, that's how I feel when you cheat on me. F you. This video is two minutes and three seconds long. In the second video that's only 22 seconds long, the suitcase is right side up and in a different position in the room. He calls her name and it goes silent. Autopsy results prove that Torres died of positional asphyxia with environmental suffocation consistent with prolonged confinement. The results also revealed that he had alcohol in his system at the time of his death. The medical examiner estimated that Torres had been in the suitcase for up to 11 hours or more. Torres had a black eye and bruising and cuts to his head. His back and hands had bruising and cuts that suggested blunt impacts. Sarah Boone is currently being held without bail in the Orange County Jail in Florida. A pretrial hearing is actually set for Tuesday, March 28th, which is actually the day before this episode airs. Um, so there will be a little bit of an update, maybe. And the trial for Florida versus Sarah Boone is set to begin April 11th. So that's it, John. That's this week's case. This is such a crazy story. First of all, you and I watch those YouTube videos together. And if you are interested in watching, I am going to tell you, knowing what you know happens, they are very kind of disturbing to watch. Um mm -hmm. So I would caution you, you know, if you're somebody who has a hard time with something like that, do it at your own discretion. That's why we didn't play the audio or anything like that on the shows, because we don't want to make anybody have to listen to that or go through that if they're not willing to do that on their own. Right. But and again, this is all alleged because she is innocent until proven guilty. Mm -hmm. But the feeling that I got was that it probably started as like, hey, do you think you can get in the suitcase? And he crammed himself in there and then. She was just like hammered and talking garbage and then probably just passed out. The other thing too, with the bruises and everything like that, I wouldn't be surprised. Or again, this is alleged, but it seems to me like maybe when he was in the suitcase, she was 
just kicking him, punching the suitcase, something like that. Cause I don't know how you get those kind of wounds. If you're just inside a suitcase, you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't have a black eye and contusions and stuff like that just from being in a suitcase. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, the million dollar question is how did he get in the suitcase? I don't know. I just need to know the answer. And I don't know if we'll ever get that answer. Now I may be wrong, but I did look at pictures of both of them and I don't get the feeling that she could have forced him into the suitcase. I kind of get the feeling that it was probably positioned as something playful. It's like when you see videos online of drunk people going downstairs in a clothes basket. You know what I mean? They're like, look, check this out. It's just, you know, she realized that he was uncomfortable. This is what it appears like to me. She realized that like he was uncomfortable. She thought it was funny. This was like her kind of like payback to him. You know what I mean? And I don't know if maybe it was just a joke that went too far or she didn't realize because she was so drunk she didn't realize how dangerous what she was doing was i mean he's not a small guy and it's not a big suitcase we're not talking like a some giant crazy suitcase it's like you know the kind it looked it looked like one that you could carry on at an airport you know what i mean it's oh yeah really weird like it looks like a kind of a small suitcase and like i said i just don't i don't get how he couldn't get out but then, like, I wonder if he was, like, crouched on his knees. And, like, in all the research, it was saying that, like, she had pulled him out of the suitcase when she realized he was in there and tried to do CPR. So, like, when the police arrived, he was laying, like, flat on his back, you know. So maybe there will be more details in his autopsy results that talk about, like, I don't know, maybe broken bones or I don't know. I don't know how I fit in there. Well, and the other thing, too, is I'm interested to find out how long he had been passed away in the suitcase because we know that he was in there for up to 11 hours or more. But if he died pretty close to like the beginning of that mark, I would imagine like rigor mortis would have set in, you know what I mean? It's like, it's hard to just, when somebody hits rigor, it's hard to like get them flat on their back. You know what I mean? And I also wonder if like, maybe she did wake up in the morning and be like, what happened? You know what I mean? Because if you've drank that much, it is possible that you're just like, Oh, I don't like I don't know. We we're playing around. He got in the suitcase. I don't remember what happened after that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she's clearly under the influence of something in these videos because there's like two whole sentences. You, I couldn't understand what she was trying to say. No, she's definitely slurring her words. And so again, I would, you know, air anybody, watch them Since with caution. Morning. Yeah. It's not the kind of stuff that everybody can handle. But I mean, I don't know if you want to talk deadbolt test or what you're thinking. I know we're going to keep going, but I'll tell you, you know, for me, I mean, I'll put this maybe like a four. I, I think the fear of like, you think you're playing around with somebody and it's really revenge. That could be scary. Yeah. But I also know that I'm not fitting in a suitcase. So like, <laughs> and you would, it would, you would have a really hard time trying to convince me to get into a suitcase. You know what I mean? Like sit on it, try to smush it, get the zipper going good, you know, when you, yeah. when your bags overstuffed. Yeah. It'd be like when you're trying to, you know, make weight when you're flying Delta or something, you know, they got to get everything in, got to make sure it fits in that little box. But no, I'm just not like going to be, you could be, Hey, see if you could fit in the suitcase. And I'd be like, you're on your mind. No, yeah, not anymore. No, not an option. I mean, even if I was drunk, I'd be like, no, I'm good. I don't really drink. But even if I was, I'd be like, no, I'm fine. You know? Yeah. Like I'm sitting here, my carry on suitcase is sitting like next to me and I'm just like, keep looking over at it and glancing like, how is one, is it not breathable? Like I would have think a suitcase would be kind of breathable, but maybe not because they don't get wet. Like when you're, when they get rained on, like the outside gets wet, but your clothes never really get wet. But like two, I would think like I break zippers on everything. How do you not break the zipper? Like, how can you not like use enough force to try to like squeeze your way out of it? You know what I, I mean? would Hulk smash. There would be nothing left of that suitcase. 
Like, I feel like you could get enough pressure between the ground, like you and the ground in the suitcase, like push your way through the, like bust through the seams. But you watch wrestling when you're a kid. I feel like we've talked about this before. Yeah. I went to WWE. I was yeah. a big rock. The rock. That was my- I would be like Hulk Hogan. You know, when Hulk Hogan rips his shirt off, that would be me coming out of that suitcase. They would just be like, Bruh. like yeah. yeah, there's no way. Suitcase is not taking me out. That's not how I'm going. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I just keep looking over at the suitcase and I'm just trying to figure it out. I can't. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, I'm going to, I'm definitely putting it low. It's not something I'm worried about having to me. It's not going to make me check the locks, but it is really intriguing. And like I said, I want to know, yeah, it's really bizarre. And I want to know more, you know, I feel the same way. I'll put it about a four too. I should say a four also, but yeah, it's just more intriguing and bizarre. And like, I just need to know, I, I have so many questions. I just need to know the answers to. So yeah, is this, if this ends up going to court, I'll keep an eye out for the pretrial hearing and see what I can find out. And when court starts, I'm going to definitely start following it pretty closely and making notes along the way. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear more. This is, I think, one of the more like WTF ones we've done mm-hmm. in a while. And I was really excited that we we're covering it because I was familiar with it, but I hadn't really gone into it in that kind of detail. Like I didn't know about their history of domestic violence or anything of that nature. Yeah, so and I found that out as I was researching. So then I said, well, I'm going to start it out this way. So you're planning this picture of, hey, this date, this date, this date, all these rest affidavits are out of their stories and what the calls were for. Yeah. And it's just crazy to me that, you know, he gets a like he's got a domestic violence. It sounds like he had an order of protection where he couldn't be like within a certain amount of feet or they had to maintain separate residence. Mm-hmm. And it's just there's so many unhealthy relationships like that where it's like, but I love him, but I love her. You know what I mean? And it's, it's toxic. just and it perpetuates this until somebody gets hurt, you know, mm-hmm. not always in a suitcase, but. I don't know. It's very strange, but that's where we are putting the suitcase murder. Olivia and I are both coming in at a four, but as always, we want to know where does this case fall on your deadbolt test? You can let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram at check the locks pod. Find us on Twitter, check the locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, do yourself a favor, come hang out with us. We love to get to know you. And as always, if you're interested in financially supporting check the locks, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks. Sign up today. We have a lot of great tiers, a lot of great benefits. We got stickers, T-shirts, exclusive coffee mugs, all sorts of stuff you can only get from being a patron. So if you do want to help us keep the lights on, you want to help us get new mics, get better recording equipment, you know, make us sound a little more professional. That is a great way to help us out and do that. If you cannot financially support us, that makes total sense. Definitely understand what kind of world that we are living in. Just listening to the show, sharing it with your friends and family means just as much, if not more. So if you like what we do, share it with a friend, share it with a family member, let them know about the show. It's all about growing our audience, bringing as many people in the family as we can. That is all that we have for this week's episode, but please make sure that you are subscribed to check the locks on your favorite podcast app. We will see you next week with a brand new, truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case. But until then, don't forget to check the locks and your luggage and your luggage for sure. (laughs) Check your suitcase. See ya.